Hello, everyone. This is Manny Fishman of the Buckhalter Law Firm. I'm here today with Chris Tallarico, the Chief Technology Officer for Macmillan Electric. Macmillan Electric is a good friend of the firm. It is the largest San Francisco-based electrical contractor company with over 50 years of being in existence. And Chris is not only the CTO of the company, but also heads up the cybersecurity functions for their division called M Networks. As I said, Chris has been a good friend of the firm, and I use him as one of my advisors and really experts to go to on issues relating to voice and data cabling and access in commercial buildings. So it's a pleasure to welcome Chris, and we're here to talk today with you about what we call 5G, the newest evolution in wireless or cellular access for buildings and their tenants. So Chris, can you give us an introduction to what 5G is and the benefit it brings to buildings? Sure, and uh, thanks for having me, Manny. I appreciate it. Uh, we always enjoy partnering with you and Buckhalter. You guys uh, provide a tremendous service to the uh, the BOMA community and, and far beyond. Uh, you're a great partner to us, and we're, we're not a member of the BOMA community directly. So specific to the question on what 5G is, there's been a lot of buzz in the media about 5G. 5G specifically is the fifth generation, if you will, of cellular connectivity in the United States. First generation of uh, cellular was analog. And we remember all those old brick phones. And some people, if you're old enough, uh, like myself, remember having a, a phone bolted in my car. It was the first cell phone that I had. Uh, we transitioned to 2G and 3G, which were uh, digital and sometimes called PCS or GSM. And then into 3 and 4G that we see today, which is LTE for the most part, uh, depending on what carrier have, now transitioning to 5G. The biggest difference between 4G and 5G really is uh, the throughput. And you know, how fast can I get data to my phone? Now, you know, if I use my, my cell phone from work on LTE, I, on a good signal, I might be able to get, say, 40 megabit or 50 megabit of throughput if I'm really close to a tower. The high end of 5G could take us into the gigabit range if everything uh, uh, falls into place. So, Manny, that, that's really the, the biggest difference. Let me put this in perspective for building owners and tenants and why this is such a, a big issue for commercial building owners. We've just gone through a pandemic. This is going to change the way people come back to the office. And one of the predictions when people come back to the office is that they will still work remotely. In other words, mm -hmm. they won't have the same office that they had. They'll be given a certain area where they can work, socially mm -hmm. distanced, but they will still work with a laptop that's connected right. wirelessly or with their phone that's connected wirelessly, but they're still going to require huge amounts of throughput for data. And I think the promise that 5G offers, and Chris, I think you've said it right, 
it could, will it? But if it fully implemented, it will enable office tenants to increase the functionality of their office space with less build out of actual cabling. Yeah, theoretically, that's certainly uh, what is being proposed, at least by the cellular uh, community. Uh, there is uh, a lot of pushback on certain aspects of 5G. I mean, thing, you know, tech giants like Google submitted, if I remember right, a 30 or 40 page letter to the FCC complaining about 5G and uh, the way it rolls out. The biggest difference that you'll see from 4G to 5G, in 4G, you had all the same towers and all the same equipment for the most part. Now we're going to move to three different silos of uh, cellular connectivity. So there's a low band 5G, which is being currently rolled out in places like San Francisco uh, by T-Mobile, most notably, and that's in the 600 megahertz range. Um, it's certainly uh, closer to being 4G than 5G in that there may be a little bit uh, better performance, but it's not going to be day and night. Where we really start to see the shift in the high bandwidth is in the mid-band 5G range, which it starts at 2.5 gigahertz and goes just shy of 4 gigahertz. Uh, that will really speed things up to the hundreds of megabits of throughput. The top band is the high band, and that is now going to move to millimeter wave, which is 25 to, say, 40 gigahertz. It's also where we got a lot of the uh, claims that 5G was fueling COVID. Uh, that's where a lot of that uh, came from. Well, believe it or not, it was in the news for a uh, news cycle for quite a bit. But those are the three bands. And the top bands are where you're going to get into the multi-gigabit throughput, which would be where you would really start to replace the local area network in a building as we know it. So I know you work with many building owners. If a building owner is approached by a carrier saying yeah. we want to deploy 5G, yeah. what should building owners keep in their mind uh, to ask the carrier? And I, 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 the first thing that came to mind just from what you said is, well, what is it actually that you're deploying? And secondly, I, I assume because these are new frequencies, it's going to require um, new antennas and new equipment in the building. Yeah, absolutely will. And um, as uh, we joked earlier, this is really the, the million dollar question when it comes to buildings. And it's tough right now in that the carriers are not approaching real estate uh, for 5G deployment, unless they're coming to you for roof access. And I have a lot of roof access requests coming in, especially buildings that are, uh, are shorter in stature and close to main areas such as the freeway or the bridge or, or, or uh, the ballpark. Those buildings are getting uh, hammered with requests to deploy new equipment. <clears throat> it does allow commercial real estate to uh, expand their license fees. And uh, we're mostly seeing a near a doubling of the rent because we're putting up a lot more antennas. So if you're in commercial real estate right now, if you have been looped into anything 5G, it's gonna be from the rooftop. They have, for all intents and purposes, stopped building out carrier supported DAS, which is what most commercial real estate people are involved with. Where the carrier 
or a neutral party uh, would come in and build a DAS into your building and provide cellular service to the tenants. You should explain um, DAS. Uh, we sure. know that as distributed antenna systems. Uh, right. I, I suppose uh, for owners generally, it's bringing the outdoor network inside the building and creating an inside network uh, through an, a distributed wireless antenna system. Absolutely correct. And uh, some people call it DAS, distributed antenna. Uh, some people call it in-building cellular. But there was a reason for it. When we got to the peak of that 4G, when the, the network was just completely overloaded outside, the carrier started to think, what are we going to do? We can't put up any more antennas outside. We've covered every roof out there. So let's start offloading indoor use by putting basically a cell site in your building. And that would, uh, would require people to run cabling in the building and antennas throughout the entire uh, uh, structure. Unfortunately, we've gone so high in frequency now that unless you're talking about that extremely low end of the 5G, then what's called low band, anything beyond that, the coax cable that they use, which is called heliax or hardline, can no longer carry that much bandwidth. So now we're going to a 100% fiber optic distributed antenna system. That's the only way that we can carry that much data. So if you do have an in-building DAS, as we know it today, the uh, performance is gonna stop at 4G. So you're not gonna get anything better out of it. You might be able to squeak out some of that low band 5G, but it's not gonna make a big difference. Where we're seeing in the, the commercial space though, is these carriers being that they're spending so much on the 5G outdoor build out, that they have stopped funding or having interest in the indoor buildouts. There's so much you've said there, and uh, I'm going to try to unpack some of it for real estate uh, owners. The first takeaway from what Chris said is some of your existing systems or uh, riser systems that use coax cable for distribution of signal are going to be outdated. It can't carry the 5G. And so that is a capital expenditure that you have to take into account. Uh, the second thing uh, that Chris said that's a good takeaway is as we move the outdoor network into inside, you need more antennas. Um, and we're moving it inside, not just because of 5G, but yeah. as Chris can tell you, and I've experienced due to the new environmental energy conservation uh, laws that are being adopted by municipalities. We're trying to avoid some transmission or loss of heat from indoor mm -hmm. to outdoor. And that requires the installation of some metal as uh, one of the coverings of your window coverings. Mm -hmm. That prevents the outdoor signal from getting in. So all of that is leading to the need for building owners to focus in the upcoming years on revisiting whether their building systems for voice and data distribution are relying on an old method of distribution and whether they need to be upgraded. As Chris said, and I hope you listened to it, it can be done by fiber, but it could also be done by a distributed antenna system. And it does require building owners to start focusing on this issue. The push and support of mobility and high mobility is certainly not going away. And if I am going to be 
building a new building or doing a major retrofit and a restack of you know a, a very large portion of the building, uh, there's two things that I would be taking into consideration and really looking at you know finding capital for, and that would be to uh, have a a, uh, a DAS that is unfortunately at this point financed by ownership. And the other thing uh, I think was important for real estate owners to take away is that the carriers are no longer willing to fund this type of CapEx upgrade for building owners. Part of it is is because they've spent a lot of money themselves on the license fees required to acquire the frequencies. And part of it, as you're saying, is because they're more focused on building out their global network, in part for PR reasons, but there's a lot of expense there. This is an issue that is really, as we're saying, the million dollar issue for real estate. Really is, and you're right. They are spending billions and billions of dollars upgrading the network to 5G. And their hope really is to disrupt the local area network um, I mean, they talk about right now, IOT, Internet of Things, or OT, you know, the operational technology, things that would be like lighting controls or BMS and using uh, those things on 5G. But have no doubt their, their ultimate goal is to unwire uh, networking as we know it. Part of uh, Macmillan Electric's business and what Chris's expertise is as well, is what we call generally riser management. Mm -hmm. And the reason riser management is important in our discussion is uh, while we like to talk about wireless, it, it's only wireless for the last few feet. Yeah. Um, it really is wired through what we call the riser. And not only does it have to be managed on a space consideration basis, but you need to figure out how it goes up to the top floors. And that's a specialty as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Chris? Sure, be happy to. We actually uh, took on riser management at M Networks because we really see it as the first step of cybersecurity. Uh, cybersecurity and base building networking is really our specialty. However, uh, we could sell you millions of dollars of the best cybersecurity hardware that money can buy. However, if nobody is watching the doors where all of this equipment lies, um, you know, it's almost worthless. So we really see that as the first step of cybersecurity. Securing your building is more important now than ever. And I think the, the, the biggest uh, analogy I could give um, is, you know, back when I first started as a field technician back in 1987, we used to run hundreds of pairs of copper to every single tenant and maybe a couple pieces of coax that were for a T3 if you were a big client like a, a B of A or Wells Fargo. But in the riser closet itself, which was still for the most part regulated by the phone company, if somebody got into the closet and took down a couple wires, at worst case, maybe Manny's phone goes down for the afternoon until the phone tech gets out there. But other than that, it wasn't really a big deal. Now, the entire floor of a tenant can be served by two strands of fiber optic cable. And if you take down a fiber optic cable, it's a really big deal. So 
securing the riser is more important now than ever before. Uh, it's something that every single building, class A, class B, should have. And for the most part, it's a free service to the landlord. So there's no real excuse to say, I don't need it. You absolutely need it. It's for the security of not only your building, but more importantly, it's the security of your tenants uh, that, uh, you know, disruption of their network is something that you just can't tolerate. To wrap up this discussion, I do want to have Chris and I focus for one minute on how building owners can pass through these expenses as an operating expense. That's a big question. It's an undecided question. Uh, but I think what Chris has just said gives owners a real argument that what the owner is doing supports the safety of building systems in a building. So when we see common exclusions in a lease for the pass-through of expenses, this is not one of those exclusions. It's clearly included in health, safety, and to preserve the building against cyber attack. So it's another area for building owners to consider in passing through these expenses, which will not be inconsequential. They're not inconsequential. They're, 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 they're big numbers. Uh, an average build in a high rise is a million dollar build out. And getting that you know, back through cams or whatnot is, uh, is tough. However, I will say that it's tougher without it. I have clients that are you know, right now in a bad spot because they don't have the infrastructure in, in their brand new building, beautiful buildings. But as you mentioned, Manny, you know, the, the, the lead driven programs and the state you know, low E initiatives have pushed <clears throat> the envelope so far with the, the metallic content in the glass that these buildings have now become a Faraday cage and that's radio signals just don't pass through. So uh, DAS and 5G in particular really is, uh, is no longer something that you can think of uh, as an amenity, but now is a utility just as uh, electric or water. Well, I want to close with one uh, almost current events type issue that I know you've been involved with as the head of the cybersecurity functions for M Networks. And that is uh, uh, the recent news of various uh, cyber attacks or hacking mm -hmm. incidents, some on commercial buildings. Uh, what was in the news uh, just this week was uh, a contractor that was hacked. Yeah. Uh, we had reports from the, after the election of the U.S. government being hacked. Can you give us a, a few minutes just talking about uh, what this means for building owners and what your advice is? Yeah, you know, th this time through the pandemic has just been uh, the only word I can use is biblical. Uh, the increase in cyber uh, activity in, in areas that we see are up two, three, four, five hundred percent. Spam related uh, malware we see is up six hundred percent. I can tell you at Macmillan, and we're a company of roughly 600 employees, we're seeing as many as a quarter million pieces of spam sent to our email server every single day. Each one of those could sneak through somehow, and we have great filtering, but the amount of cyber attack that is happening on, uh, for the most part, mid-sized business in the United States right now is at an all-time high. 
in the last uh, briefing that I sat through with uh, InfraGuard and uh, with the FBI, they were now talking about in the high 70% range of attacks are aimed at what, what we would call small to mid-sized business. And even though the commercial real estate building you know, occupies great space and humongous towers, it's really a small business and, um, and, and the size of the amount of employees and the, the network uh, security infrastructure that we have in place. So the attacks are coming fast and furious. Uh, they're not letting up. Uh, you had mentioned the, the, uh, the news release recently from the FBI on the hack of the uh, a very, very large general contractor that is going to take them their, their company offline probably for the better part of a month. It's a reality. And if uh, cybersecurity is not something that you're taking part in today, you have to get on board. It, it is a matter of time before your building is going to be compromised. I don't say that to scare people into doing uh, you know, the right thing, but at this point, you just have to. I mean, cybersecurity uh, is the, the, the lock on your vault. Uh, we have you know, locks on our doors and locks on our cars. Uh, it's time you need to put a lock on your, your building network because if you don't, uh, you'll end up, you know, meeting guys like me in the wrong way <laughs> and uh, having, you know, bringing us in after the fact and having to clean up a, a compromise is so much more costly than, uh, than doing it right from uh, day one. So definitely um, make plans. If you don't have a cybersecurity consultant, uh, please feel free to reach me or Manny. I'm happy to give you a recommendations. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of us out there. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, I think the what to take this into a, a certain perspective, the reason I wanted to combine cybersecurity with 5G is in a sense, building owners need to get their hands around this in a comprehensive way. Yeah. And given the opportunity now to consider how to bring the outdoor network inside the building for the benefit of their tenants, they should also consider how to lock down that riser and prevent uh, unauthorized access by hackers. And it's it's got to be a constant budget issue, and it's got to be a way to uh, educate tenants that this is for their benefits and therefore is uh, either as a utility or for the safety of tenants uh, an operating expense. Yeah, the, the 5G push the building owners and managers are going to be contacted by their cellular sales reps in 2021, without a doubt. And they're going to be pushing them to buy 5G type activity uh, to connect their, their lighting controls and their BMS to uh, the internet. So uh, expect the calls and uh, just expect, you know, that you really need a plan in place. It's not just as easy as buying a box from one of the cellular carriers and putting it on your network. Well, we've uh, spent another 25 minutes gone very quickly talking about Great. another topic on real estate. Uh, this is 5G and just how it relates to voice and data uh, access to your buildings. Um, I really want to thank uh, Chris Tallarico for his time um, uh, and for his expertise on this issue. And thank everyone for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to uh, contact uh, Chris Tallarico at Macmillan Electric in San Francisco or reach out to me, uh, Manny Fishman at the Buckhalter Law Firm. Thank you.